This is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back, listeners, for episode two of season two. Uh, this is part of us, an Invoke fan cast. Before we dig in, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Invoke Craze, and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions, email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, which we hope you do, please rate and review our podcast. All right, so during their interview on Behind the Velvet Rope with David Yontef, they reiterated that they've recorded one new song but would be putting recording on hold until they're finished with the mixtape tour. Um, so do you guys think it'll be a part of the EP or a full-length album? And who do you think they're recording with? Well, I hope whoever they're working with, it's like someone, you know, currently someone new, someone fresh. I love that song, The Weekend Did. It's probably like two years old now, but that save your tears for another day. Like, it's so catchy. It's like hook after hook. I hope they have a song like that that's up-tempo or dance music. I hope they work with like a producer who can give them like an electronic bass that's fast. You know, so when I go into the club and the boat comes on, I can, you know, I can pop, lock, and drop it. I hope that they are... I would love to see them actually get back with Dim Joints. I think like they could, I I love the, I think we've talked about this before, but I really love the songs they did with them. Um, and I do hope it's like an EP. I feel, I, I I know we actually was listening to our early episodes and I think the first or second episode we were talking about like who we, like what we wish they were going to, you know, record or what type of project. And I still think that they should be testing the waters and exploring and figuring out what sounds good, what people respond to. So I hope it's not a full length album yet. I think we should get one, but like, I think right now I just want them to like play around, see what works, explore some sounds and, uh, keep it fresh and contemporary and, uh, radio friendly. I want a radio yes. hit. 100%. Yeah. I hope that. I honestly want in vogue to go back to their original idea for Electric Cafe and do some dance music, like put out some dance music, you know, for the clubs, for the raves, for the charts. Cause I, you know, like we always talk about like electronic dance genre is, is very good to black female singers. So I would love to, I would just love to hear what, like what a, what a dance track would sound like for in vogue, you know? Um, but I, I feel like they have learned Well, my hope is that they have learned, you know, cause Evie fans, we are not shy. <laughs> if we don't like something, we will tell them and they know this as well. Um, so I just hope that, like you said, they're experimenting and I, I do hope it's an EP, you know, just so, you know, put out an EP like with three or four songs on it just to give us something. So, you know, whenever another tour happens, you have new material to perform with, you know? Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the new music invo. Give it to me now. So in other trending news, Escape and SWV are coming out with a Bravo reality show, but 
Where's in Vogue show? So the the synopsis reads on the trades, following their epic versus performance, the ladies of Escape and SWV reunite once again to prepare for a show that promises to reignite their music careers. There was much at stake for their powerhouse for the there's much at stake for these powerhouse women as they navigate different stages in their lives both personally and professionally from celebrating the power of collaboration and sisterhood to pushing to overcome obstacles there is no shortage of wonder in watching two of the most iconic female army groups of the 90s come together for this multi-part limited series now this is not a bad look because one both groups have had their own successful idol limited or uh two three seasons um rowdy shows they're all they all have good stories they're all beautiful they all are um they all know how to give you good content so i'm not mad at this it's just weird when they talk about 90s girl groups it's always swv and escape but never invoke it's just weird to me that invoke is never a part of that conversation that's just so weird to me why is Invogue a 90s girl group? I don't like that. I think they should just be a timeless girl group, but... I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Seeing these groups together, all three, and even if you add TLC, if all four of those groups did a tour, that would be a dope tour. Because I you're, would be front row and center. I, I, you, I will buy a meet and greet ticket. I'm okay. telling you, I'm telling you that to, to see all four of those groups... The, I know that uh, the outfits will be crazy. Um, the vocals will be crazy. Like, I would be here for that type of tour. But it's just, but you know, it, it makes sense. But in Vogue, I don't know what y'all inhibitions are with reality TV. But it, re- it, really, it really does open up a whole new lane of opportunities for, for you. Oh, see, I disagree. Me too. They were paying for a show. Um, they had just kicking it. Like you mentioned that they've done reality shows over and over and over and over and over again. I feel like we talked about this because I was like Tiny and Toya and Escape just kicking it and the Family Hustle and Real Housewives of Atlanta. Then whatever show as immediate they had that show with Salt and Pepper on BET. Like I feel like make good music, make quality music. I it's not going. It's never going to happen. You can do. I mean, maybe it's a check. It's a check. That's what it is. But just like the. But look at all. Look at look at all the stuff that that comes out of that. You know, like you. It allows one. It introduces you to a whole new audience. You get a you get a chance to rebrand yourself with that new audience. You know what I mean? And I and and it it just creates a whole new lane and world for you. I, I mean, you, you gotta know? think about the fact that Escape, who has not. Re- released an album since what 98 99 they headlined an arena tour because that Can- was mostly sold out because real housewives of atlanta was still popular at that time and candy was on it and they had tamar and monica and all those people wasn't they exactly they the exactly i've been to a monica show in the last month and monica can't fill out one fourth of an <laughs> arena by herself and that's not shade i'm just telling you what i know from me being here and going to monica's show monica can't do that by herself and neither can tamar 
So, like, Escape, there was excitement behind Escape. The show helped push the tour. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't just do a show for the sake of mm-hmm. doing a show. You do a show mm-hmm. to push a project, to push a tour, to sell tickets. Then what tickets. happened after? They're doing a show but now. They don't have to have anything. Is it at Carnegie If they went on a sold-out tour. Like, if your tour is sold out, and you're filling arenas as a group that hasn't had an album in almost 20 years, I I mean, to me, that's a win. Like, that is a yeah. win. That, that has led them to this point to have the credibility and the demand to do another show on a network like Bravo and to bring SWV along. I don't like, think so. Like, mm-hmm. like, an album, I no, 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 candy. So they got it because, like, the last one, why isn't it just kicking it? Then why did you have to bring in three more people? It just kicking it because it's anything. a new moment, they're capitalizing off the verses, yeah. Because, yeah, because verses happen, they you did the end. verses, the verses was popping, it was popular. And when so they did the verses, did the album sell? And did they get like what, like, but t- they didn't release an album? Nobody, like, album. You do reality Nobody show wants- to do another reality show to do another reality show. Escape had Escape had is nobody nobody wants a new album from a nineties artist. Like let's just keep it a book. The diehard fans want new music, but the general public, the general people that are consuming records, they don't care about a new song. Like it's never gonna hit the way Hold On hit. It's never gonna hit the way Just Kicking It hit. It's never gonna hit the way Weak hit. It's never gonna hit the way Waterfalls hits. It's never gonna happen. So at this point. Like you might as well get the people the nostalgia that they want, and and I feel like the audiences audiences now we are more engulfed in your life than we are your career. You know what I mean? Look at look at Shay. You know what I mean? So so I feel like look look at it this way. Rona coming out with a book is getting married. Cindy is getting divorced has to re- has to start a whole new life by herself. Terry, I don't know what she's doing, but I hope she's doing something. <laughs> you know, but um but I'm like th- those are great premises for a reality show. On top of still being mothers, on top of still having your own career, on top of going on tour, rehearsals, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, those are great those are great storylines for a reality show. And then when you mesh that with like, oh, and now, you know, we're going to do something with Escape. Da, 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 it just opened. I feel like it opens up so much more. It opens up your visibility because nobody, I mean, because besides their tours, what are they doing outside of that? Like, like we said, Matt, like we said, Matt Singer was a great look for them because it was, it was them get invisibility on a very, very popular primetime show. So it's like, okay, if we can, if in reality TV is so popular right now. So it's like, why not take advantage of that to get more eyes on your point on you? And then, you know, brand deals can come, other opportunities, you know, uh, with the, I, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity for them not to do a reality show. It's a missed opportunity. And wait, Josh, Josh, what? Josh has, you have to let him say. I'm sorry, we're ranting. Go, Josh, go rant. Go, I mean, I, go ahead. I don't, I don't want them to do reality television. And I think it's because. Okay, thank you for your thoughts. <laughs> Next, thank uh, you for your time. No, because <laughs> let, let's be, but let's be real, y'all. Like, 
If you think back on the Escape show and you think back on the SWV show, sure, it was about putting a concert on or it was about making a show happen. But like, it was about the drama. Right. It was about Escape's internal issues. It was about but that's SWV. Real life. It, it was is. about that's what it was on, about. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, friends. I just want to finish my point. <laughs> These women es- escape they're in their mid-40s, mid to late 40s. Candy Burris is 46. And Invoke is 58 to 60, the founding members that are remaining in the group. I don't want to see Cindy and Terry fighting each other on right. television. I have no interest in seeing that. Now, La- now Latasha and Tiny and Candy and like they can they can all fight. Coco and like Coco and the other two, uh, Lily and Taj, they they've been they fought up and they fought up and down that We TV show. Every episode they was fighting on that show, and so that is cute and that gives interest. But like Invoke just is not gonna give that kind of TV. As much as we want them to, they're not gonna give that kind of TV. And that's the kind of TV that thrives on Bravo. That's the kind of TV that thrives on Bravo. Like and so. All I'm saying is, is that it's cool. In a, in a best case scenario, they would get a TV show where they're allowed to do exactly what Champ just said, but that that won't that won't hold up on on a Bravo, and it won't hold up next to Escape in a SWV. They will but, get lost in the sauce. It could hold up on our own. It could hand it, somebody can go toss them on own for a mm. little like you know whatever. But this setup for Escape and SWV is just not gonna. It doesn't match the energy. I don't want to see sixty year old women fighting each other. So, but, so here's the thing, like that's why I say if it's if it's them together, everyone doesn't have to bring the drama because I feel like even if you like like a housewives franchise right. or whatever, there's all you do have your your ninis and your Kenyas, you know, who are like or your portraits who are like dramatic, they get in the fight, da, da, da. but then you do have like others who are like the peacemakers, who are like the voice of reason, who have other things going on besides drama. So I feel like you can give like a balance of both where you know if you put the ladies in the equation maybe you will get but just to go back to escape show the limited series preparing for the, the tour one that didn't sell the ep it, or the one that's coming up no 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 i'm talking about no i'm talking about yeah the, the limited series that they had beforehand when it was like them trying to convince candy to do the ep i feel like the, I, the, I feel, the one that sold the arena tour that's the one i'm referring where to where nini was the comedian yeah, and tamar was on it and monica was on it and then ti was there and then they wanted kaya tis but like they wanted all these people because they need to sell seats that one okay i I have no clue. I don't know what show. I'm, what I'm saying, I watched limited series, and I thought that it was about reconciliation because Correct. Candy and Latasha's sister, whose name I do not know, Tamika, <laughs> Ken, Tamika, Tamika Ken, because Candy in the group. because Candy and Tamika they had their issues and they were trying to reconcile because Candy was like, okay, you lied on me and I need you to apologize. Like that is important to me, and it happened. You know what I mean? Or right. even Candy, or even Candy and Latasha, like coming head to head, like, okay, we had issues, you know, back in the day, da, 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 and they talked about it. So I felt like there was drama, but it was drama that was meant to reconcile, to show right. sisterhood, to show forgiveness, and to say, okay, despite what we've been through, we can still come together, 
be women and 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 do great things together. Well, bring back Phaedra to Real Housewives of Atlanta because it's failing. This show will not do that well because the Real Housewives of Atlanta is not what it once was. And now that T.I. and Tiny have all those charges, like there's no family hustle. So my prediction, I predict that all of their success is based on going from one reality show to another reality show to another that doesn't really translate into anything. You might be hot for a second, but you just have to try to keep feeding that beast and you're not going to be able to. So I don't even want involved involve in that. I don't feel like it's a loss. Good luck, ladies. I won't be watching. Um, I'll watch. Well, I would be watching. And, and what I appreciated about Escape is that Candy and what our Tamika Scott like she was able to own her shit and be like I lied on you I said some shit that was bogus and you know I'm I apologize and they were able to have a heartfelt moment but what what happens with in Vogue in which I hate is that they're never really able to be honest about all of the wrongs that all four of them have had in their situations um, because they're very focused on, you know, image and, very, and a very old school concept of, you know, public persona. Which is good. And you're saying that when we don't know the conversations they've had in private, some of this, like me, like some things I'm never going to show people because it's none of your business. So I don't have to say what I Maybe do. not, but in 2022, when you've had multiple lineup changes, I just feel like let's put it on the table. We can stop the conversation from happening further. You know what I'm saying? Like they invoke to me, like on the mass singer, for example, it's like, who are these three girls? No one knows because no one really knows in vogue as a threesome, like in, in real life. Like sure the fans know and we get it, but the general public in vogue is four women. So when you see three girls up there, you're like, girl, I don't know who this is. This could be anybody. This could be the Supremes, the Emotions, the Pointer Sisters. It could be anyone. People, the general public knows in Vogue is four people. So I feel like they have never really had a clear and concise, like, this is what happened. This is where we are. This is why we are here. And this is what we're doing moving forward. I feel like they've never had that. Yeah, we as fans know bits and we know pieces and we've had internal discussions and all of those things. But I feel like on a broad platform, the discussion has never really been had. Okay, my thing is more so how does it help your career? That's, this is what I'm just trying to say. My point, and I'll end, I'll end this topic here, is does it help your career? Like, is a musician? I'm interested in their music. I'm, I, I mean, and I like. I'm not trying to act like I'm above anything. Like, I don't watch reality shows. I do, but from musicians that I love, like Elton John, and I don't know. I'm saying Elton John. I do like Elton John, but I don't know why I said that name. But I like his music. I don't care about anything else really. Um, so if he's going to make good music, that's what I want. I just want you to take avenues that can allow you to produce quality music and be a prestige act and produce quality. A reality show is just going to become a cycle and you're going to have to keep doing them. That's my point and that's all I have to well, say. Well, so this, so, and I'll say this point and we can move on too. Um, this show was a limited series. It's probably going to be about six episodes and it's just about the two groups coming together to put on a one night only show. That's what it's about. So, so it doesn't necessarily, it, I'm not expecting, you know, uh, in Vogue to do like a, a, a six season reality show when they're in, you know, we're seeing Rona, you know, have arguments, uh, with her, her new, uh, husband and he leave her at the dinner table or something. I'm not <laughs> expecting that. What I'm saying is, the world as a whole, we do not know in Vogue. 
at, we love them. We stand them, they are icons, etc. but we don't know them. And I feel like in this day and age, in order to have success in the industry, these types, your fans, the audience, they have to feel like they know you. They have to feel connected to you outside of the music. That's why people do TikToks and do reels and they go on Instagram live and et cetera, et cetera. Cause it's like, we want to get to know you outside of, are you a good person? What do you like? Da, 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 da. We don't know that about Invogue. So I feel like it would be a great way to get some insight and feel more connected to them. Um, if it was a series like this where it's like, oh, let's do a, a limited series of Invogue, you know, getting ready for tour or doing like a show etc etc I think that'd be great Escape SWV TLC and Vogue do a 90s girl group tour and make that limited series period <laughs> well then we'll go to the next topic and since it seems like no one knows the girls magazine is allegedly writing an autobiographical self-help book titled The Smart Girls Guide to Girl Groups um, through Westar yes. Publications LLC um, and we're hearing that it was meant to be released back in 2017. Of course, it never was. Have any of you gentlemen heard about this? And if so, what happened to it? Or what do you think happened to it? I heard about this book uh, back in 2018. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's actually a really cool idea. Because I, why, for coming from someone who was literally an original member from the Blueprint Girl Group, um, to give some insight on that. So it, I, I think it's cool. She should release it. I will, I will read it for sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't really think there's a books are, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how lucrative a book can be for, for most these days. Like, I think it's a nice idea. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't get excited about book releases anymore because I feel like they come and go. Like, tell-alls come and go. Like, they used to be a big deal because, like, before the internet, you waited on a tell-all book to tell you what you didn't know. But now, like, we're over here talking about exactly what the internet and we find out about, you know. And so, will we get revelations? No. But I think it's interesting to flip and say, I'm going to write a self-help book or something that feels like it's teaching people from lessons I've learned that's a little bit more um, interesting to me than if she was going to do like a here's my life story and here's all the details of something that you probably already know about or maybe don't I don't know well, Maxine is so interesting to me. Like, I heard that she went to the original East Side High, which, you know, was featured in Lean On Me, which incidentally, Tommy and Denny did uh, Lean On Me, the cover um, of the Wither song for that movie. So that's a weird little connection. But I just always found her interesting because I think, um, you know, her moving to the Bay Area when she was so young. So I, you know, that's one thing I do. Like, I do, um, I haven't, read them in a while but I'm a big celebrity autobiography uh hound so like Mariah Carey's I think was the last one that I read um I enjoyed Slashes I think Donna Summers I want Ruth Pointers but I, I, I love I love that that medium of of that and um and since people feel like we don't really know the ladies that would be a good way to know one of them and just hear her perspective because I feel like she is the out of the original four probably the 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 one that I know the least about maybe not even the one that I know the least about but just the one who seems like you know she has stories that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, That's intriguing for sure. 
So this episode's discussion, we're actually talking about unreleased music. So we're going to dig into a couple of different unreleased projects and talk about maybe why they didn't happen um, and all the sort of things we do know about what was unreleased. And so we're going to start talking about In Vogue's unreleased 2013 Christmas album. So a producer who went by the handle The Network on Instagram posted a photo uh, back around 2013 of himself with En Vogue, uh, Cindy, Rona, and Terry in the studio with the caption reading, just wrapped up En Vogue's Christmas album. It's been a tough two weeks, but these girls are awesome. First session in two years, I didn't have to use autotune, LOL. But that's uh, but that's all we know about this album. Are you familiar with this producer? And um, why do artists record albums only to really like sit on it and then not release it and then try to recoup the money they spent recording it. I don't believe it was the album. That's a good question. I don't even think it was the album. I think he probably just called it that because it was in relation to their Christmas movie and so they did Silent Night and he just called it a Christmas album. I, do, I doubt that they recorded a a full Christmas album just because the only Christmassy song that, they, that was in the movie was Oh Holy Night. But two weeks? I don't know. Two. He, the caption said that they they did two weeks in the studio. I feel like three songs isn't two weeks worth of work. I'll ask at the meet and greet. Oh, so wait, I I think I missed that you're going to do the meet and greet. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to ask about the music. Definitely, I'll ask. Did you really do that? Like, and I, 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 I will. I've seen the pictures though. It's like it, they're socially distanced, but I'm still going to be like, Cindy, did you do a Christmas album? Terry, what's up with the music? You know. But I also like to to bring us back, though, I think it's interesting when artists do record lots and lots and lots of unreleased things and then just sit on it forever. Like, because like, I I really don't maybe it's just politics and contracts around why things don't manifest how they're supposed to. But if I was sitting on if I was in vogue and sitting on lots and lots and lots of unreleased things, I would be finding a way to just at least get it out into the to the public unless it's not unless they just not they're not. Uh, a fan of the quality of what what came out which is possible too but like i don't know it just seems like it's not you it's not doing anyone any good sitting at a vault somewhere and we we want new things and like you said earlier like concentrate on just finding like a good song instead of recording all of these different songs like find one that's like okay this is good this is one worth us spending the studio time and engineering and mastering but as far as artists who have like a lot of unreleased stuff i feel like you know, there's um, well, Prince, like the unreleased stuff that I've heard. Like I, most people, I see why it's unreleased. Now, Madonna, when I hear unreleased tracks from hers, I think she has a very high standard of production. So her unreleased stuff is usually good. I know Beyonce, they say like she goes in and records like 40 songs for one album. So I'm sure she has a lot in the vault. But yeah, I, I don't know. In, in Vogue, it's just um, I love them. But if they have stuff that's unreleased, you know, um, I'd be cautious to get excited about hearing it. Struggling with how to let go. So, no feeling your 
Second album, The Anticipation of R&B. Per Wikipedia, in 2008, Rona began working on her second album, The Anticipation of R&B, releasing several promotional singles in support of the album and boasting collaborations with Brandy, who we all love here, and in Vogue. However, the album was shelved in 2010 due to internal conflicts and insufficient promotion. There were tracks... And I've heard some of these, Don't Call Me, No Mistake, featuring Embo, First Lady featuring Brandy, and there was a making of video on YouTube. It's probably still there. There was a song called Range. There was a song called Letting Me Go. So some of the stuff, it wasn't officially released, but it leaks, and um, it's on YouTube. Now, I would love to hear a Rona and Brandy collaboration. Just, just the thought of that. I, I'm going to listen to it. I haven't listened to it actually, um, but the thought of it, I, Rona always gets the short end of the stick. Like all these shelled out, I don't. I hate that for her. It's horrible, and she's so good. But some of the stuff, like I mean, the Brandy song, I didn't like, but I feel like some of her stuff, it was actually better than a lot of the stuff that Evie released during like similar times. So like letting you go. That's a ballad, and she's singing her butt off on that song. Like that was I, I do love that song, and I think range. I didn't mind it. Like the production is it's it's a little bit better, but the song with Brandy, like there's nothing wrong with the production. But like you have that beat that Monica kind of like reintroduced and made famous, and then there's no really like hook. It's like just one of those songs where it's almost kind of like they're just almost they might as well just be kind of talking through it. So I didn't I didn't like that one, but I love letting you go. I love her ballads. No mistake that the snippet that I did here, I love that. I love when she does ballads. Yeah, I agree. I really love I, I love Rona's voice, especially when it's on songs like I liked the tracks um that did leak and so she's just such a she's such a good R and B singer. I think she she crafts songs in a way that I just think is very like seasoned. Like she knows how to work her way through a song. And so I think that that's why um I would imagine it's frustrating as hell to like put this much work and to have this like kind of collaboration. Like I mean Brandy in like oh eight was still Brandy, right? So like you know, like that's kind of a big deal. And so to not have that sort of come out I feel like is, is uh, is really yeah. That's, that's sucks. and she has a she has a great voice just for R and B. Like when I when I think about R and B, I'm like her voice is like so good for for that genre. This is a a, a Rona Stan podcast, so just in case I didn't know, <laughs> it is. And we love Rona, but like you said, I love her runs and her and Brandy. Like I think. Well, Brandy's known for her runs. I think Rona is probably very underrated. People don't know her full capability, but like just her on the Mickey Mouse Club, like, so just knowing what the track could have been and how they could have layered the vocals and done all the harmonies and all that stuff. I just like the song. And then, like I said, like, and I know Brandy and Monica, like they're cool now, but it's just like 
Monica made that be very popular a few years ago. Like they, whoever came up with, they should have used a different track to have them sing over. And the next unreleased album that we're going to talk about is Maxine's unreleased album. So recording on Maxine's debut album began back in 2014 with producer DJ King Assassin and was apparently going to be titled To The Max. In May 2014, the promotional single Didn't I was released. Max had been recording songs as recently as 2021 for her debut album. Clips of a few of those songs have been shared on her social media. Several of the songs that Maxine recorded were produced by St. James, who later released those songs as an EP titled Intuition. Have you guys heard these songs? What do you guys think? Not her intuition. I like that. Like, for real. I like the St. James songs, but I know they had some type of beef or whatever. We talked about it. We talked about it. Yeah, I I also like those. I thought those were kind of like... I don't know if they were done done because, you know... For for whatever reason they weren't supposed to come out or like there there was that beef but like that was the those were the most promising things I heard I think and I, I'd be interested it it piqued my interest I was like okay I want to hear a little bit more of what this is supposed to be giving because mm. her voice is still held held up really really well and so I think okay. like she could sing the house down and so I'm curious what else she could give us it's my intuition yeah I I loved I think I, I mentioned before like. Three out of four songs, I love them. So, you know, it sucks that they weren't able to kind of reconcile and he tried to throw her in the bus and da, 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 da. you know, whatever drama they had. And that sucks because it seemed like that was like a really good creative collaboration. Um, so, but yeah, shout out to Maxine for still recording because Sis can still sing. Go Auntie Max! Going back to Rona, Rona also had a shelved third album called R&B Gumbo that was meant to come out in 2015. Um, and uh, one of the tracks is Take Me There. Oftentimes I felt like love just wouldn't give me another chance to make it right. Gave up on my search and that's when you came and so many things changed in my life. A lot of the things I wanted Should have been you, I love it And I wouldn't make you any other way, no Whatever you're putting on it To stop it, just keep it coming I don't want a thing to change But, speaking with RollingOut.com, Rona said at the time of R&B Gumbo, in a nutshell, R&B Gumbo is a mini fusion of music genres. I've got flavors of R&B, soul, EDM, pop, hip-hop undertones and even blues on the tracks i gave myself creative freedom with this ep it has allowed me to stretch into the next phase of my artistry so do we know why this one wasn't released i'll ask <laughs> i'm thinking probably has something that, i mean well 
the the song that I want to go there. Like it's just I don't get why that particular song got the backing that it did because she did do a video and she looks beautiful in the video. I know she like she had a choreographer, but the song just does absolutely nothing. Like I like dance music like, and maybe it's just me, but like. Like, even with Hold On, like, after hearing it at a fast tempo, like, when I hear the regular tempo, it's like, this is too slow. Like, so, it was just, like, the song didn't really have a hook. It was like, I want to go there. Won't you take me there? I want to go there. Ooh, boy, deja vu. Like, it was just, you know, like, it's just very monotonous all the way through. Like, there was not a big hook. There wasn't anything that really happened. So, like, I guess that there's probably no interest, um, like, to promote it. And to release it, even if it's just to a digital outlet, like that might be costly. So that's what I'm thinking it was like, you know, that's my thought. But I don't know. I wonder how much of I wonder how much of it with Rona, like if you're I don't know how much she was involved in trying to like work with, you know, companies or 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 management, you know, to try and put these projects out in a bigger way. Because it, like 2008 for the, for the first shelved album in 2015, we still re- really weren't in like the, I can do everything in my house and put it out on my own kind of space in the world. Like we are right now. Like, so I just wonder how it would have, ch- how things would change if these projects were created now or she, you know, put that shit out now. <laughs> like just give, just right. put it all on, uh, put it all on Apple music and the streaming platforms and like, let us get it now. Cause I think between those two shelved albums, she could probably find a really cohesive set of songs. But like, again, I, I think. I think it comes down to business. I feel like there might be business dealings behind these promised sort of projects that fell apart or something, which means that we won't, we won't really get the full rollout for them. Well, actually, now that you think it like that, like maybe someone owned the tracks and there could have been an issue there, right. like with the magazine and St. James. Right. Because if you remember, she had a listening party and that might still be up on YouTube, but I don't know if she sang one of the songs. She sang a Jill Scott song. The fact is, actually, because I'm like, I don't know if she was mm. going to do a cover, but she there's a clip from the listening party where she's singing that, which maybe she did, but the clip is of her singing Jill Scott. So she was serious about it, I guess. I feel like Rona Bennett needs to do like a, an episode of Unsung. She should. I feel like she she has so many like stories that she can tell, especially especially. Excuse me, especially when it comes to like industry politics, because she unfortunately has been a recipient of, of so much politics, you know, you know, being the first lady of, of, of Dark Child, then being, you know, shelved and then albums coming out, then not coming out and then singles here, then deals. It's kind of I'm like, she's probably been in a whole bunch of meetings where she's heard of like so much politics happening. And, and as a result, you know. She gets the short end of the stick because all her hard work uh, goes unnoticed. So, you know, uh, she should do an unsung episode. I would love to hear her story in the industry. I, I know that it is a juicy one. For sure. I think that's why she's giving like her book is kind of about some of that. Like, I think her book is really or the one that's coming Um is about like the lessons she's kind of learned. Cause I was listening to something she previewed up from the audiobook, and it was her talking about like contracts and like, here's, here's what you need to know about contracts. And I was like, Oh, these feel like, like, you know, she's trying to give you knowledge, but it, maybe these are things she had to learn the hard way too. Um, and sort of making sure that she, you know, uh, the hiccups that come along, I think, with like missed opportunities and promises that never come into to fruition. 
Speaking of things that never come to fruition. Good things come to those who wait. We have to talk about Dawn's unfinished second album. So it was originally entitled um, Phoenix or Out the Box. It was co-produced by her ex-husband, Dre Allen, uh, the Move Makers group uh, label. Um, some tracks from the Phoenix album were I Like Boys, which is online, um, Man Enough, Healing, Back It Up, Jimmy Choo. So if you guys heard these amazing unreleased records and what are your thoughts my thoughts are that dawn uh i co-produced by her ex-husband ray allen the move makers label group now okay there was that reality show this around the same time because i remember she was working with brian michael cox too and there's actually video footage so you can hear some of the songs and it's the same project yeah i think so Mm -hmm. okay um, I just, I really just don't see it for Don, and um, that's my thought. <laughs> Next, <laughs> I I kind of like the direction. I was int- I was intrigued. It didn't it as it is the stuff that I did here wasn't like I was like oh let me buy this, but like I was like okay. I, I see there's a there's a, a an attempt to move in a direction that feels like kind of like of the moment, but it just didn't it didn't hit me. For the era, for that year, mm-hmm. it seemed appropriate. I was in, I was a singer in high school, and so I'm thinking like even like the song Jimmy Choo, watching like that one performance of it. I'm like, when I was in high school, this would have been a bop to me for sure. Um, but now I'm who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don. Sorry. I mean, JP cares clearly. Um, <sighs> I have never heard most of these songs. I've only heard I Like Boys. I haven't heard the other songs, I don't yeah. think. Her, so the thing is, her performance on Jimmy Choo, it, just watching her, you know, emote the song, like her stage presence, I'm like, yeah, Dawn is really that girl. Like, you know, just kind of like how she moved to the song, like her whole presentation of it. I was like, yeah, this is why Dawn Robinson is Dawn Robinson for sure. I'm curious, y'all, before we move on, of the of the albums that we're talking about, like which one would y'all wanna like which one would y'all want y'all's hands on now? Rona. Rona. From the songs which that Rona? I've heard, I think Letting You Go is my favorite. I, Cause I love ballads. and nobody well, people do still make ballads anymore, but strangely not R and B folks. It's the pop singers that make ballads and the country singers. Uh it's definitely Rona. That's that's sort of second like album like mix master and put the brandy song in my ears right now like that vibe is very like my 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 go-to and so um and i think that was a great sort of era for like good r&b music too so i I think i could listen to that like today and want that still well now we talked about the individual ladies well we really actually didn't 
Well, I'll just say this here. I know, you know, we're pressed for time, but Terry had an unreleased song that she released like years later called Angry Black Woman. I thought that was interesting. The most interesting thing I thought was that um, she didn't work with, you know, the usual team. It was people that, you know, weren't a part of the usual EB team. So, um, but mm-hmm. the ladies have are rumored to have a song with Tony Braxton. I remember this rumor and I just think it is a rumor because in both fans lie, but they're rumored to have a song with Tony Braxton, um, <laughs> Tear Me Up, Knock Me Down, was said to be a track on 20, 2018 album Sex and Cigarettes. Uh, where did this, I think the social media, okay, rumors and the Invoke community, I mean, I could go back to the Invoke crazy and say the stuff that people were lying about. They were getting us hyped up for videos like, oh yeah, they shot a video for this during Masterpiece Theater. And you're like, really? And believing it. Um, so I don't know why the Tony, I know Tony Braxton's record came out the same time as a cafe or around the same time. So maybe that's because somebody was like, let me just start a rumor. But Tony talked about the album. She said she wanted to work with Kobe Calais. She never mentioned in Vogue. Um, so I'm pretty, a hundred percent sure this is just a rumor that someone started. Somebody. I would love to hear them on a song together though. Yeah. I think that if in Vogue collaborated with Tony Braxton, it would have ended up on her album. It, I don't think it would have been shown for sure. Right, I, I agree. Um, so the so I don't believe this rumor at all. But like you said, I would be here for a collaboration, one hundred percent. Tony and Invo. And you that, that album was short as I, hell, <laughs> so it could have oh, used another. It, it was like eight songs or something. It could have used another track. Could, yeah, another track for sure. Yeah, there is a Facebook page that has like this international. Sex and Cigarettes track list that mentions Tear Me Up, Knock Me Down. But it's not it's not from a, like an official source or article or anything. It's just like somebody made a post on Facebook and, and came up with a track list and they put that in Vogue, you know, featuring in Vogue on it. That's a great song title. <laughs> so that's another question you can ask uh, when you go to the meet and greet. Okay. Watch, they're gonna be like, oh, hurry up, get, get, get out of my face, boy. But I, I, I am going to try. <laughs> I'm going to commit to all of that. But I, I, I just, I'm pretty sure it's a room. I love Tony Braxton. Now, I know Terry sang backup for Tony, but like, is there a picture mm-hmm. of them together? Like, and not Terry and Tony, I'm like involved with Tony Braxton. Like, I would just, you know, I would love to see that. Oh, that's, I don't think so. I've, I've never, never seen, seen that. Anyone. Next, we have some. Another featured in Vogue unreleased rare track. And this week we're talking about Keep Your Money, written and produced by Ivan Mateus. And it was included only on the Japanese version of EV3. And it does include all four original members. Keep your money. I'll keep going. I'll be fine. You <laughs> don't know. It's it's another one of those like mid tempo tracks with a it's smooth and everything, you know. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's not a good song. <laughs> Can we talk about like, that intro? It's like it's don't, 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 don't. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> it is horrible. Yeah, it's not my fave either. It's 
there's something there's like a look there's a couple elements in there i like i think they're always gonna sound good but like it does it feels like a demo to me like it doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't feel even worthy of like bonus track territory it just feels very like early stages <laughs> I mean, I do love doing deep dives into like unreleased and rare tracks, but I am not so um, anxious to hear them where I, I am not, where I don't realize that there's a reason why this is unreleased. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a reason why this didn't make the album, you know? Yeah. Um, granted, there are some songs where you're, you're kind of like, this is good, but I guess it probably is not, it doesn't fit the creative direction of the song per mm-hmm. se, or there's some politics, you know, behind it, like, you know, a, a writing credit for Dawn, that kind of makes it muddy. But some songs I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why this didn't make the album. This is the reason why they were like, oh no, thank you, we could, we'll move on. Uh, and I think this is one of those. It's tracks. just some so knowledge. Keep your money, keep, keep your track. <laughs> thank you. Uh, is there a reason why, I'm just curious, is there a reason why they, like, overseas releases oftentimes get these sort of like bonus tracks like i'm because it like this isn't just specific to invoke like a lot of people when they drop their records overseas they add these like extra tracks that we don't get over here and i never understood why that's the question i yeah i want to know the reason why maybe because if it ain't good it ain't good americans like we're not really messing with corny we don't like anything that's tired like Mm. some people might be a little bit more liberal like i mean it just you know you look at international charts songs that you would never think are anything here like their hits like um and i know jp loves janet like whoops now like that was like pretty big in um like europe and like if she would have released that, mm. you know, like Janet, what are you doing? But that's like a- right, right. Even um, you know, when Kelly Rowland, when she had that era where she was working there together, and they did when Love Takes Over, that's a good song. Um, but it had a better life overseas. So mm-hmm. I do feel I'm like Europe and I'm Asia. very triggered by that. Why? Uh, I feel like you're. I feel like Europe and Asia. They they receive songs better than we do, especially from black artists. And why did that trigger you, JP? Why did why you trigger it? <laughs> David Geta exploded after that record. Like, um, When Love Takes Over was huge internationally, like the UK and Australia and yes. all that. And then yes. he ended up releasing, they released that in the US and it, it, it like, I think it went top 40 on pop radio or whatever. But then he released like a Rihanna record and a Fergie record. And it was like David Guetta was like huge for a minute in the US. And I was like, why did Kelly miss the opportunity? I was like, it was sabotage from Trigger. Cause at that time I was a huge Kelly Rowland fan. I was, I don't a, think I was like she the self, president. She self sabot she, she did that to herself. I was the only fan of her and fan club. <laughs> She, I think she said before she didn't. I don't. She didn't want to commit to that sound. She was. She was like, I need to. Like this was cute, but like no. But but she she literally did a whole album, and then when she went over to Universal, they were like, "Girl, you're dark skinned and you're black, and we're gonna put you with Lil Wayne and Rico Love." And they did motivation, and I was just like, because like if you listen to that album, here I am. 
it's very disjointed. Half of the album is dance and half the album is like urban. And it's just, it's, I, I could go on a tangent, but this is not the format for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but thankfully, you know, I, David Guetta recently, he received like an award and he credited Kelly Rowan as like, you know, if you would not have worked with me, I don't know where I would be, you know, because I was like his, the song, like you said, that catapulted his career. But all that to say, I do feel like, you know, overseas, they are much more accepting of black artists venturing out. Here, in a, I, I don't think, maybe it's not a black thing, I think it's just an American thing. If you, if, if you're introduced in one way, they want you that same way. It's really hard to transition into other stuff. But in overseas, especially in Asia, Korea, J- Japan, like if they love you, they just love you. Whatever you do, they love you. <laughs> they love you. So maybe, maybe it's kind of like this track is not going to be received well with American Invoke fans, but perhaps Japan will love it. And you never know. It's probably Young, you know, or June Song <laughs> or somebody <laughs> in, their little, in their little apartment. No, those are actually real names. I know people with those names, actually. Um, that They're in their apartment still rocking that song today. You never know. You, now that you, you know? say that, like, so, I, you know, when you search YouTube and stuff, like, in you know, for in vogue or whatever. Like there are like maybe Koreans, Japanese someone singing Give It Up, Turn It Loose. I'm like, that was a hit over there. But what's so interesting, I, I I'm looking at Riddle, for example, and okay, so Riddle was only number ninety two in the United States in the Hot One Hundred, but in the UK it was number thirty three and it was top ten on the R and B chart. So I mean, you know, I right. think there's something to so, that. Yeah, there there's more and more forgiving. We're, we're, <laughs> not forgiving. America, we're just, America, we're harsh. America, we're harsh. We're super harsh. So now we're getting to the fun part of the podcast again, which is our submitted letters. Today's email comes from Justice Jackson. And Justice writes... Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Congratulations on your second season premiere. As per usual, I was thoroughly entertained. It was a great way to kick off the season. I'm so happy the girl uh, for the girls right now. It truly feels like us EV fans are eating good right now and they are slaying. I was shocked by the new costumes and slick update. Uh, arrangements. My heart is so full right now. I truly hope the ladies use this momentum to get some new music out. I want to chime in on the It's About Love segment and say I agree with both Matan and Josh's points. It's About Love is such a beautiful song and honestly is like a funkier version of Part of Me. Little trivia, the song was a bonus track on the Japanese edition of EV3. Japan always gets the best bonus tracks, don't they? Not to keep on for too long, I just wanted to check in and can't wait uh, for the next set of episodes and topics. I will definitely be tuned in. Again, congrats to all for the new season. One love, justice. Uh, Justice also says, by the way, the Supreme uh, member that was mentioned was Linda Lawrence, and she joined the group in 1972 with Gene Terrell and Mary Wilson on the Floyd Joy album. She was singing on, uh, she was singing on Bad Weather, though. I love her ad libs. Peace. Also, Floyd Joy, what a great song, Floyd Joy. Thank you, Justice. I love this letter so much. Thank you, Justice. (laughs) Yes. It's like it's like we're it's like you're here with us. Uh, Justice Justice mentioned 
um, slick update arrangements. So Matan, can you are can you uh, elaborate on like some <laughs> some arrangements that have been updated for their live performances? I can't really think of anything that's been updated. Like hold on, sound like it sounds. You know, every time I've seen them and like. For that venue, I think they definitely should have upped the tempo, but everything, the one cool thing was um, when What a Man ended, like there's kind of like this kind of like um, interlude before they go into Don't Let Go, but I can't think of the arrangements being different. Maybe my loving, no, everything seemed the same to me musically, but it's just visually, it was, you know, like you have to, I mean, you probably, if you've watched the clip, you've seen it where like the lights come down and then like there's this outline on the big screen of them and then it reveals this pose and then, you know, but musically, I can't think of. This time it's coming from Yasmin. Hi, Yasmin. Thank you for listening. And Yasmin says, thank you everyone for another fun, well-produced episode. I like your approach for the finale and reminiscing about how everything came about and the future for the fan cast. And kudos for the remix premiere. Loved it. Thank you, Yasmin. Can't wait for season two. Y'all take care now. P.S. P.S. Just some truth. Okay, here here, here comes the shade. No, I'm kidding. Um, P.S. Just some truth. I agree. In Vogue could do so much more with their social media. So true. But I guess it depends where they want to take this. And it seems the ladies are content with what they do these days. I wish they were a bit more ambitious, but it's their choice. I do agree with you, Yasmin, and I guess, you know, it's it's kind of looking at the silver lining, you know, like at least they're they're trying to be more active. Um, what do you guys think of her comment about Invo social media? I think they're taking baby steps. Like I see them trying to do certain things, but I mean, I see them trying to take a step in the right direction, but they have to have consistency. You know what? You, do y'all follow Derek Blanks? Uh-huh. The um, photographer? The photographer. Yes. Yeah, so he... So his TikToks and his Instagram reels are extremely creative and super, super dope. Um, and he even does like a... I think like a, a tutorial, like a master class on how to do that. So I would, I would, I would even be here for involved collaborating with Derek Blanks doing a couple, um, you know, uh, well-produced TikToks and, and, and Instagram reels. Because even the new cast member on Housewives of Atlanta, she did one or a few with Derek Lynch, and they turned out really, really great. So I would be here for, for In Vogue, you know, doing that. Um, maybe even if um, In Vogue partnered with um, that stylist, Jay Bowen, because he works mm. with Toya Luckett, with Michelle Williams, yeah. with uh, Tasha Cobbs and Erica Campbell, Mary Mary. So I feel, I feel like I think that his style it kind of fits the 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 sophisticated look that works for In Vogue in this age. So I'll be here for that. So In Vogue, if you're listening, In Vogue's team, if you're listening, write those names down: Derek Blanks, Jay Bolin. Let's get something happening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they. I hope they have. I just. They should just have fun. They should just have fun with social media. Like that's like. It doesn't even have to be that hard, right? Like sometimes you just want to like. Like I would love if they would just went on Instagram Live one day and just like started like you know talking to folks and answering questions Ooh, yes. that they sort of pull from the from the chat. Like that would be. 
like super fun even if it was just like a quick little 10 minutes while they're like you know in between rehearsal or sound check or something you know on the tour like there's just some some moments and some ways that i think that they could leverage social media without having to like need a full team to do it like the other people do and it feels kind of organic so i don't know like there's a lot and maybe they'll get there maybe it's you know for some it comes easy for some like cindy didn't even have instagram before like a year ago or something (laughs) you know like she was very anti-social media from what i understand and so like for her to be doing what she's doing with her little backstage tour things i think i'm like okay we're moving in a direction that hopefully like will get us there even like the little i love the little mass singer thing that they did where it was like am i the drama like that's a very tiktoky thing like they like sampled a sound or whatever i was like okay like they they got it in the them. They just need somebody to like kind of push them out of their comfort zone. Do they exactly. not have a young gay around? Like, is there, is there not a young gay man in the Invo camp? What's happening? Write someone like Cindy, like you know, just you know, pick a better um, place to start the video. So, like when we're looking at the Instagram, like your face is not all crumpled up. Like you know, what is it called? A screen cap? Like learn screen caps. Um, I agree with all of you said. I would say the harmonies like sing a little bit more like those views like they travel when they sing something like you can just tell the difference when they're harmonizing the song so like JP wants to hear Best of My Love or somebody wants to hear you know, whatever I think that's what they should do more like I've seen people comment Jennifer Hudson commented when they did the Jones girls like it travels so they I would do mm-hmm. more of that you know what I would be here for which is probably maybe far fetched um, but because I'm such an Invogue stan, I would love for Invogue to do this a song for like a movie, you know, for and and it kind of you know those those Oscar buzz type of movies, like you know Mary J. Blige got an Oscar nomination for it, you know her just got an Oscar win for her song. I would be I would be here for Invogue singing a song for like a critically acclaimed movie and getting like an Oscar nomination that would be a great look for them. You know, I'm putting all this in the universe. I'm, I'm manifesting. Lord, do it. Okay, amen. <laughs> I think that would be a great look for them. People, you know what's interesting? People, I think, it, it, it people bait themselves. Like, people, people kind of, like, make a song they know is going to be Oscar-nominated sounding. Like, they kind of... So it's not even about, like, you're getting... Even like 10 years ago, I would say like definitely in the 90s, like you got different kinds of songs that sound like Janet's again was Oscar nominated, right? Like doesn't really like fit into what we would call Oscar nominated sounding music now, because now there's just sort of like the same way people make movies that they know are going to get Oscar nominated because they fit a certain type of feel. They do the same thing for the songs. And so it doesn't even feel like a level playing field anymore in terms of like different genres and different whatever. It's just like, oh, let's put five epic sounding songs that build to crescendo and the, you know, boom. So I don't know. It'd be nice if that, that could happen because. They got it in them, I think, to to pull a song out like that. And Diane Warren kind of deserves a goddamn uh, Oscar at this point. Like, give her one yeah, on principle. Like, she, I mean, she's I'm a legend. A I don't. What is it? I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing. Mm-hmm. How do I live? Uh, Can't fight the moonlight. Can't find the moonlight. Was that only for Oscar? That's from Coyote Ugly, right? Oh no! I don't know if it no, was only for Oscar. <laughs> I'm just saying she's written that, those are songs for I'm movies say, that I'm she's say, written. <laughs> 
That's my song. I didn't know that. Let me find out the air rhymes on the Oscar skate. <laughs> I could hear In Vogue singing that song, actually. I'd be, I'd be imagining a lot, like, what, what would this, like, what would it sound like if this song was sung by In A country song by In Vogue. They're collaborating with, like, maybe, like, uh, Leanne Rhymes or, like, Kane Brown or something like that. Cause there are a lot of, uh, a lot of up and coming, black country singers who are very successful or even like i think on cmt they were doing the the, cmt had this series called crossroads or something where they basically were like pairing artists of different genres with country music artists and then they were switching songs like it was like a special and so like i could see them doing something like that where like they get it there they they as a group sort of do a cross thing with like another group but like on the countryside and then like you know, kind of do each other's songs. Cause I could totally hear a country interpretation of like, don't let go. Like that could be really f- interesting the to play around is, with, is you know? Country's all about the story. Right. I would love them to, you, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I would love them to do Lion Eyes. I don't know. I know they consider country rock, but the harmonies on that song, if In Vogue were to do it, oh my God. I would, oh, I love, I, I like the banjo and strings and Cindy plays guitar. So I would love that. And she is kind of country esque. They should do a Dixie Chicks in Vogue switch because I go, I go, oh, sorry, the chicks. They're not called Dixie Chicks anymore. But yes, that could be really interesting because like Cowboy Take Me Away and like even Landslide. Like, could you hear in Vogue doing Landslide, which is a Fleetwood Mac song? Ugh, ugh. Oh my God, I got goosebumps a little bit. That would be so cool. I'm so here for that. Take my love, <laughs> you take it down. <laughs> I'm still on my campaign for us being in Vogue's uh, team. <laughs> I'm still on my campaign. We got a manager, a social media manager, a tour manager. We got, we got it all covered here. We got it all. <laughs> thanks, Jasmine, for your letter. Um, and thanks for listening to another episode of A Part of Us. Um, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, and most of the other podcasting apps. And if you're interested in more Invoke related content, come check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invoke Craze or on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. If you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions, please send them to us. We want them all part of us evf at gmail.com is where you can send those and a reminder to our listeners to please email us any of your invoke footage that you have and we'll add it to our youtube archive and we'll credit you and all that kind of good stuff um thanks to the co-hosts tell everybody where they can find you on the world wide web you can find me on instagram and twitter at written by champ you can find me on youtube you're a little dog too you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Everybody Loves JP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh Jinx. And that, friends, is another episode. We will see you next time.
This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invogue and chat with other fans by visiting Invogue Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invogue Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invogue Fancast is not endorsed by Invogue, E1 Music, or Invogue Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective copyright holders. Matthew, cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs>